And that question would never be answered for those people without Wikipedia. <laughs> the attitude in, in our theater yesterday, we heard a lot of chatter. Uh, the same thing Doug and I were kind of saying, that, that wasn't that wasn't shitty. Like, wow, that, <laughs> yeah. I actually, actually enjoyed sad, that. It's sad that that was the reaction. Because even I, I, I didn't like it. I'll probably never watch it again. <laughs> but, um, but I also didn't hate it. So that in itself is its own victory for them, I think. And I guess just to catch you guys up, welcome to BitFaced. I'm sitting here with Rebecca and my favorite actor in the world. That's right. I said in the world, Carl Brevik. We're going to talk a little bit about Justice League and we're going to talk a little bit about Thor today. Then I'd like to kind of talk a little bit about Thanksgiving and things that we are thankful for. It sounded like I liked Justice League a little bit more than you guys did. And Mm -hmm. you guys liked Thor a little bit more than I did. I really walked in expecting to hate Ezra Miller as the Flash, mm. and I loved him because mm-hmm. I'm going to be comparing him to uh, Grant Gustin that does Who the TV does show. Amazing. Who's Flash to me? That was my thing. When even when they announced the casting, I was like, we already have a Flash. <laughs> and aren't you surprised too that they stuck with the same origin story that they use on the television show? I'm not saying they should have switched it up, but the television show is very much about Barry Allen's dad and him being in jail and him trying to prove his innocence. They took that, I mean, thread for thread from the television show. And what bothered me about that is again, we had this like three person movie about when I I, I was told it was a justice league movie, but then I had to watch a three person movie of the origin of cyborg, the origin of flash and the origin of Aquaman. And what bothered me about that is we just watched Marvel do really well with homecoming, not explain what happened to uncle Ben to his parents, things, stories we've already seen told well done over and over. And I hoped for that with flash in this, I hope for less of the, background and more of the forward and i don't think they dwelled on the origin stories too much i mean what do you really know about aquaman besides he's wooderson from dazed and confused <laughs> uh, don't do this to me well i guess we'll keep going here but that did not look good what it froze uh... i mean it's going now and and everything looks good but yeah it froze for a second there and this is what happened on BitFaced episode 100, where yeah. we lost a oh. lot of the episodes. So I want to make sure still, that still that does little, not happen today. Still a little bitter about that. <laughs> oh, tell me about it. Because we lost some really good uh, we, did. we lost yeah. some really good stuff. Not as bad as what happened at Denver Comic Con, but we're not going to no. talk about how no. shitty no, that was. This is a thankful day. <laughs> it is. It is. Where, stuff. So I'm, I'm thankful that the recording is, uh, is working again. I really thought that Superman was done so well. In the movie, in fact, like I said, to the point, I was in tears when his mom showed up back on the farm, and they didn't really hit you over the head with it. My question for you guys, and Doug and I weren't able to determine this last night, where's Joss in the movie? The the lasso sitting on scene, 100%, I would bet money, was Joss. Yeah. Other than that, though, it looked like a Zack Snyder movie. You don't think so? Sit- do, you want, do you want to start? <laughs> no, go for it. <laughs> uh, no, so I was, I actually, I, I find it interesting you say that, and I see where that where that lies there. And I do feel it's majority Snyder still. But uh, there's, it feels like Snyder light, not in that there's a lot of changes, but you can tell this was a movie that th- was at risk of crushing itself under the weight of all the characters they were trying to jam in, cut down wildly. And I think that's where Joss was the most in how much slimmer this film was than it could have been had it been left only in Snyder's hands. Um, and then again, we know that there was a lot of reshoots done post-Mustache um, and the oh. Valley of the Uncanny Face. And that was the one thing that I was like, Henry Cavill's a good-looking dude, and this is Superman, and his personality's there. And that was something that kind of overloomed. But so, but there, there was more lightheartedness throughout. And you could, to me, there was Zack Snyder trying to be lighthearted moments. Uh, a lot of Batman's one-liners that fell flat as a as as could be. I feel with Zack Snyder being like, "I'm going to lighten the movie up," and then it came across as just kind of douchey um, from these characters. And then there were genuine moments of like, "Ah, comedy." Even little things where it was just that little extra shot, and that's where I I lean toward. Even in just editing slash final composition, 
Joss's vision. See, and I think, and I guess uh, maybe I wasn't clear about it. I think the the shots, though, yeah, Snyder. Oh yeah, the, oh yeah. The top down camera mm-hmm. shots, the way that color was used, yes. it didn't look Sorry. like a yes. Joss Whedon movie, correct? Y- correct. Yeah, I'd agree with you on that. It it definitely felt like, and it, it's not that. Um, I actually appreciate that because as far as like. Um, if Zack Snyder was just director of photography, I love his eye. I think he's perfect for comic books. Um, and, and so I really loved just it, some of the stills are stunning. Um, so, yeah, I agree with that. All of that felt very Snyder still. I'm just curious if we're ever going to know mm. who did what. Like the lasso scene and the podcast scene at the beginning were definitely Joss. I yes. would bet money on oh, those yes. two things. Mm-hmm. And because the podcast scene, too, is where uh, Doug and I were both laughing, like, there's the fake mustache. There it is right there. Mm-hmm. Like, we can see it. When oh. he looks up and to the left is the big one. They're like, ah, his lip is missing. <laughs> I, it seems like, though, a lot of, I think a lot of the plot was there from the beginning. I want to mm-hmm. say that Superman versus the Justice League scene was shot before Joss mm-hmm. came on board, and he probably, he kept it a, kept it a little bit. I mean, Commissioner Gordon had nothing to do in the movie. Mm -hmm. I wondered why he was even there. And then we all know, too, that there's a ton of shit in the trailer that didn't make the movie. Mm -hmm. The Jurassic Park scene with Alfred. Yep. And I guess that's where Superman was originally going to appear. show back up again. And I feel that the the original Superman arc had a lot less heart. I think it was a lot more mystic, black suit Superman returning. I've seen shots of Cavill with the long mm-hmm. black mullet Superman hair, and I've seen shots of that black suit, not with him in it, but no. I've seen shots of it. So Designed, yeah. I think there's, and I actually watched a bootleg video today of deleted scenes from Justice League, and they cut a lot I did. out. And I think it was good, because uh, again, there's, there's elements of the plot that were there. The Superman fight was obviously a, a tantamount thing, but there were so many characters that didn't need to be there. Mara didn't need to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so many characters that are big name comic book characters that was like, it's fun to make this casting announcement. I love JK Simmons more than the next guy. I love Jim Gordon as a character way more than the next guy. And to see it just be this throwaway thing was almost insulting when surrounded by so many good fleshed out comic book realizations. And then of course they have to go. Uh, I'm so happy with the movie. And then the final after credit scene, my favorite actor actually was one of my favorite actors until he played Lex Luthor. And as soon as he showed up, I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot you're Lex Luthor in this universe. <laughs> and it hurt all the more to see him next to that Deathstroke. Because, again, right out of the comics. Voice on point from every animated ser- movie I've ever seen. The look was there. And then it was Eisenberg. I can't stand him as Lex Luthor. Yeah. but. Like I told you guys downstairs, I think that's this is the last time we see Affleck is Batman. Mm-hmm. I think he's done. I, I really, for whatever reason, maybe he does that standalone movie because he helped write it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that's he's passionate about that. I can completely see him going back to back to acting after this. I think they've got Cavill and everyone else on lockdown. In fact, Doug and I did research, and Aquaman is the next movie we get to see. Aquaman is next summer, which is... I'm not really excited about it all. They they really better do something different yeah, of, with that. Yeah, he was that. such a douche. Like, <laughs> I did not like him. <laughs> well, and it was just such forced rock and roll. Like, the whole icky thump comes on or whatever, and he's yeah. drinking the bottle and slams it down. And I'm like, this is so unwarranted yeah. at this point in his arc. Yeah, and you don't, you don't really... I mean, what do you know about Aquaman? He doesn't even really use... Anything Aquaman specific. Mm-mm. Granted, he has super strength, but everyone else does too, I mm-hmm. guess, except Batman, which is <laughs> unnatural super strength. But what does he really do? And I, I think Batman asked him multiple times, like, hey, can you talk to the fish for us or something? Dude? Yeah. Like, can you do something Aquaman related? I mean, granted, we've seen you swim, but uh, but that's about it. Uh, I I had the biggest problem with, with Aquaman in the movie. I didn't like dude bro Aquaman at all. And But what do you do with him? I feel they're doing a clumsy parody because again, to me, so much of DC is a parody of Marvel and poorly done more often than not. And to me, it's they're trying to poorly parody Thor's arc mm-hmm. from dude, bro, arrogant prince of this mythic kingdom into I'll eventually be noble and just and all this stuff. And unfortunately, we didn't get to have an arc because it wasn't his movie yet, and we had to introduce him too early. 
Justice League works better to me if Aquaman's movie's already out and we have the Aquaman we wanted. And that's across the board. So that's that's where they're going forward. I think we're going to start the first 15 minutes of Aquaman with him still being douche bro. And then he's going to grow into the Arthur Curry we know to a degree more, more about fighting for the people. And that's going to be his arc. But it's going to be Thor's arc again and unlikely to be better. Yeah, and I guess um, we'll have to see where DC goes from here. Um, I'm not excited at all. <laughs> and I've been wrong about casting before. I do not want to see Jake Gyllenhaal. He, he does not scream Batman to me. Now, granted, O'Banion from Dazed and Confused doesn't scream Batman to me either, but I think Affleck did a, a well enough job with the role, especially in Batman versus Superman. Wonder Woman's still obviously the best thing about any of the movies. Flash came close this time, but Wonder Woman was still the star, I yeah. think. Because she's had the only movie that's worked. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I do like how they set her up at the end, you know, um, Batman or Bruce is is pushing her to kind of be the next symbol of hope and get her face out there and be an inspiration to people. So I loved that. I loved her at the end. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd absolutely agree with you. Wonder Woman's the best part of any DC movie so far. So we'll have to see. Well, and I just think you know, my favorite Batman to date, Michael Keaton. And really? You told me. Yeah, I okay. absolutely like Michael Keaton's vibe uh, because, again, he's a good actor. And I feel we get caught up a lot in who has a nice chin and good five o'clock shadow for Batman versus going back to good actors. And on paper, Jake Gyllenhaal doesn't work, but I've seen him do really good in movies like Nightcrawler. And there's lots where his range has been displayed. And so look is not there yet, but that changes. And he's, he's a good actor to me. I've liked his transformative ability. I think he's a good actor. Yeah. I just, God, Pick a Batman and stick stick with it. Oh, yeah. No, and that's the problem. That's where a lot of DC's having issues with. It doesn't feel like they know where they're going, how long they need people, what they want them to do. Even Ben Affleck was originally kind of under the idea that he'd be directing, writing, and kind of self-producing his whole own movie. And also DC was like, yes and no, and we don't really know what we want from you. We have no dates. We like So it's really hard as an actor, producer, director to go, okay, so we don't know what we want when. I can't just hang around and wait. Right. And yeah, because comparing that to Marvel, you know, we've known how many movies were in Chris Evans' contract, like for as long as he's known. Um, so yeah, they definitely have the the vision of knowing here's what we want to do and here's it's planned out, and you don't get that at all from DC. They've completely changed their schedule mm-hmm. around. That's why we even had to look yesterday. I was like, well, wait, what's next for DC after yeah. Justice League? Is it Justice League Two or is it Wonder Woman Two because of that popularity or? Wonder Woman 2 has got to be after Aquaman, right? Well, with and we're not getting into this today, I decided, but with everything going on with Warner Brothers, you know Gal Gadot has threatened to walk based on the fact if Brett Ratner's Rat Pack Studios has anything to do with the next Wonder Woman movie, Gal will not play the role. The question is, and I don't know what the answer is either, all the money that they'd have to pay off Brett Ratner... Or do you keep your Wonder Woman? And that's the thing. We're really in an interesting place. This fallout is going to determine a lot for the future of uh, this battle. And uh, I guess I'll just speak on it very briefly. It's made me very sad because I don't know Kevin Spacey as a person. I'm never going to see him in a movie again, probably. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Louis C.K. is not only influential on me as a comedian, but I think he's the best comedian working today. Mm -hmm. I don't think we... he he might he has a chance to bounce back. I mean, Mel Gibson did. I don't I don't see Spacey bouncing back though. No, no I was thinking, and I don't think Mel Gibson deserves to bounce back. I no. completely like, agree with you, and <laughs> and that's the thing. And so and Louis C.K. might too. But the thing is, he has a lot of his humor played off the fact that you kind of trusted him. Yes, and a lot of that, and we don't anymore. And so that's where his hard part is. Mel Gibson is well. I'll just put it together some good movies, and you'll just trust me eventually, even though I'm still a horrible racist. Um, <laughs> that's been his vibe. Like that's his stru- like his movies don't depend on his personality that he directs, etc. Louis C.K. depends on us trusting him, and we can't anymore. And I don't think it's over yet. No. Mm. And that's what I'm. That's what I'm kind of really worried about. Is I feel like we have barely scratched the surface and there's going to be more shit that comes out. And I guess my question for you, Rebecca is where's the line? Because not the line as far as, is it harassment or not? Mm -hmm. But are we going to get to the point where I can't even make jokes about it? 
And I'm, I'm not asking you that trying to be devil's advocate. I'm just asking you seriously because when I read all this stuff, I was like, well, what if I say something and you and I are joking around and someone takes it the wrong way? Because every dude, maybe not every dude, most guys are guilty of what's called the locker room talk or the jokes about crap like that. It happens. I hate to say it. But I've sat with women that have told very similar styles of jokes towards men. That's my question on where the line is. Where Where's the line? I have a feeling it would be hard for me to offend you, but you know me. Exactly. And that's that's where it comes in. Um, you know, le- like you said, I, I know you. And so, I, you know, you've made some jokes about me that if we were strangers wouldn't have flied. But, um, right. But, you know, I, I know you, so I don't care. So it's it's this kind of nebulous thing. There There is people are too complicated. There is no hard and fast line. Um, it, it's all about reading the situation, reading the crowd that you're around, um, and just working on changing the culture as a whole. And if the culture is not so focused or so um, enamored with this type of behavior, then I think it's a lot easier to make those jokes, if that makes sense. No, it does. In fact, last night when I was talking to Doug about what we were going to do today and I told him what we were talking about, he said, no way in hell do you do that show. He said, number one, he said, Rebecca has all the power. And he said, that's a great thing. He said, but all it takes is for you to say one wrong thing. And people, he's like, this is your brand. This is BitFaced. He said, you don't go there tomorrow. So I was like, you know what? I do want to ask Rebecca a couple questions about it, but right. then we're going to talk about Thanksgiving because I agree with him. It's a, it's rough. It is rough. And and hopefully you trust me and I wouldn't have let you publish anything that I felt could be taken sideways by someone who didn't know you. Um, you know, it's it's... I can understand not doing a podcast about it, not wanting to associate it with... Um, the brand that is BitFace, but it's an important conversation that now so many people are having that they've never had before. And that's that's honestly been a really encouraging. Um, so it's still a, a worthwhile thing to touch on for sure. And I mean, we have an example in our own community that yeah. I'm not even going to get mm-hmm. into and we'll never get into on, on the microphone, but this kind of happened to us mm-hmm. before all of this, all this stuff went down. We had our own breaking of uh, breaking of trust is kind of what I called it because mm-hmm. that was a that was and this all went down at Denver Comic Con. But it, yeah, um, yeah. And, and Carl, if you want to chime in on this before we switch gears, I'm already ready to I switch. Guess, see, I'm, I'm see, I'm not saying, but I get, I get, and I get what you're saying, and it is very comforting. But the, I feel the thing is more discourse is going to be helpful because that's one of the things even for me, like you're saying, we might have two years ago be sitting here making some jokes that if was recorded later and friends of ours heard it, they'd be like. This is how you joke. Um, but the thing is, it's important to talk about it. No, it's uncomfortable. Cause like now at this point in my life, like my, for, for a while I've been there cause I talk about it. But now at this point, especially like I'm not comfortable. There's certain things I'm just like without even anyone there. It's not, Oh, I'm going to get caught. It's like, I know this affects people. I know this is negative. I know this impacts people poorly. So I'm not going to talk about it and I'm not going to be around that conversation. And I feel we're, it's the comedians were the same place in the sixties. I mean, they're very with race. It was very yeah. much like, what? So I'm not allowed to make lynching jokes anymore. What the heck? What's up with the world? <laughs> And so it took a lot of like, and I'm, I'm not saying that this is a direct parallel there, but there was that question of what is, where, where does humor come in? Where does humor excuse when we're not serious? And so that's why like basically my, my golden rule is if, if I just, if, it make, if it's making me uncomfortable based on my discussions, then it's probably not, not ready. I think that's uh, I think that's fair and a fair way to talk about it. But let's talk about yes. uh, let's get away from yes. Talk about something else. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about things we're we're thankful for, and we can kind of go around the table. Um, I know you guys are planning on winging this today. I did kind of make a list, but we've never in the three and a half years of Bitfaced, we've never done a Halloween episode, and we've <gasps> never done a Thanksgiving episode. I missed Halloween this year because I don't know if you guys know this. I have been sick, Aww. like super sick, and. This is my busiest time of year for work. Mm-hmm. So I have literally crawled to work every day and worked every single day, super sick with no voice. I'm finally getting back to normal, but something hit me hard. Mm-hmm. So we weren't able to do Halloween. We were supposed to do it with Crozier. Right. That'll be put on the, the back burner. But this morning I was like, you know what? 
maybe I can convince Rebecca instead of sexual harassment. <laughs> let's, Please give me anything else to talk about. I was like, yeah, can let's do, do let's do something. Uh, let's let's talk about things that uh, that we're thankful for, and we're still going to plan on doing a Christmas episode of this year. I don't know how we're going to do it differently, uh, but we will. Uh, but let's start with uh, all of you. Is what I'm thankful for. I have gotten more feedback in the past six months from new listeners, people who picked up the podcast from a friend, people who picked up the podcast from your page and have said, oh, hey, yeah, you know, that's that's great. It's uh, thank you all. If you're listening to this right now, either if it's the first time you've heard us on BitFaced or it's the 115th episode you listen to, because I know even though I told you guys not to, you go back and listen to the old shit. And if, <laughs> if you like it, hey, that's great. I think you can start with some of the newer stuff. But everyone that has supported me, and sent me private messages and communicates with me on a daily basis. When I get feedback five minutes after an episode goes up, either, hey, I love this joke, or hey, this joke didn't work as well, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that we do this because we really love it, and if I think if there's no one listening, we would still do it, but I know a lot of you out there are. So thank all of you BitFacers. This year on BitFaced, I am certainly thankful for you. Cool. Well, mine actually kind of feeds into that because I I am thankful for for this for Bitface itself. You know, um, I kind of I met you and Tyler at the very end of last year and really didn't start to get um, I guess comfortable in my role here until beginning of this year, moving on through the year. Um, so that's been it, it's been so um, cathartic to have this this outlet. It was something that I was sorely missing. Um, and it's gotten me through some really tough, tough situations that I've been in this year. So I'm, I'm extremely thankful for, for Bitfaced and for you and Tyler um, and Doug, as I got to know Doug. So it's been, it's been wonderful. I was really happy this year when I don't remember which one of your friends you were talking to, but you told them, oh, they, they let me talk and I'm not just the girl. And my mind went to <laughs> mission accomplished. That's yeah. exactly what I wanted to do. I never wanted you to be... I know you like doing the girly stuff. I get yeah. that. But I never wanted you to be like, well, I'm just the girl, like on the A-team. Right. You know, I, I, don't, I didn't want you to, to fit in that role. So right. I'm really glad that you were able to uh, – I'm glad we've been able to work together. And I don't think – I don't think our chemistry will ever be where it needs to be because it's something you and I will always work on. Yeah, so absolutely. thank you. Thank you very much for – I, I knew that I wanted you on the show, and as soon as I was like, what's your favorite movie? And you said Airplane, I said, we have to have her. We have to have her. That was a great litmus test. <laughs> right, because I know that her comedy and my comedy at least intersect right. there, and we can work with that. So, no, thank thank you very much. I'm thankful for collaborators in the community to bring that around. Uh, no, I mean, it's just like, this community is growing and thriving thanks to the collaborators because we do have a lot of drama. We do have a lot of people who uh, backstab. There's politics. There's almost Game of Thrones level stuff happening in the cosplay and podcast community, con community, I guess, to bring it all together. And so the collaborators, they're still working. Uh, I've been able to do amazing shoots with Rebecca this year that I never would have thought. I've met more photographers. I've been doing this with you. I love being behind the mic with you. Um, I'm generating content like crazy all because of people who want to collaborate. And it is goes back to, again, just having fun. So I'm thankful for the people in my life that are here for fun, that want to have fun and remember that this is about fun and that cosplay has play in it and that conventions are a bunch of nerds and that podcasts, again, like you said, could be just the three of us talking to each other, but we're having a good time. And so I'm grateful for that. It's uh, I, I talked to Tyler about it the other night. In fact, after a couple beers, I asked him the straight up question. Why do you still do this? Why are you still showing? I mean, he's not even here today, so, <laughs> maybe, so that's maybe. a great question. He's actually picking up some friends at the uh, at the airport. We'll, oh, okay. we'll see him when we're done, I'm sure. But yeah, why do we do this? And if the answer to that question, and I think it goes with gaming, I think it goes with acting, I think it goes with mm-hmm. cosplaying. If you're not having fun, do me a favor and quit. Yeah, yeah. Do yourself a favor. That's really the thing. Because like I tell people, like I, I go to conventions now across the country, and the people who sit at tables that have been invited out there aren't the ones who went, I'm going to be famous. This is how I'm going to get famous, and I'm going to get rich. It's the people who went, I've been doing this, and I make sacrifices because it's fun. And I bleed, and I cry, and I sweat because I'm having fun. And it rewards me itself. It's self-rewarding. It's not waiting for validation. And that, that's where you find success. You're willing to sacrifice if you're having fun. I agree. I'm going to go completely different here. One question I get at almost every convention I've done and everywhere I go pretty much is, oh my God, where did you get that t-shirt? 
It, I pride myself on my t-shirt collections. And one of my favorite companies from Canada, Shirt Punch, closed earlier this year. Uh, in fact, Shirt Punch made the shirt I have on right now. In fact, so if you guys have asked about my psych shirts, I get those from Shirt Punch. Well, they got through their legal trouble. Shirt Punch is now back in business, and I'm so thankful for that. I just got, and you guys will see it at the next con we do. I'm not sure when that'll be, but I'm definitely going to wear it. It's a Super Mario Brothers 3 cover, but it's Superhero Bob, and it's an animated Sean Astin. I bought that immediately, Carl. I, uh... So I'm I'm thankful that Shirt Punch, thank you so much. There's a lot of great shirt companies out there. I use a lot of them. I find that I buy more stuff from Shirt Punch. So I'm very thankful that they're back. And if you guys want to get shirts like me, the coolest thing about them is they only release their tees for 24 hours and then they're gone. So mm-hmm. if you don't like walking into a con and seeing somebody wearing the same stuff as you, and I know both of you hate that. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you do, don't you? I don't care. You don't really care if there's like a hundred Harleys and and you're like, but I'm the best. No, because no, because it's not about that. And it's also, okay, there's a girl who loves Harley as much as I do. So automatically I'm working from a place. We can start a conversation about like if they were wearing my costume, I would be bothered. (laughs) Wait a minute. I thought I was wearing. Because, yeah, if it's the exact identical thing, then that's that's the difference. (laughs) But no, I agree. Like, like. It's a lot of fun when you're when you're dressed up in a costume. You see someone, you get to go. Oh, we're interested in the same thing, like airplane. Let's chat. Maybe I should. Maybe if I ever see someone with one of my t-shirts on, and it's only happened once in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I should walk up to him and be like, "Hey, you've got really good. I'm gonna and, take and your- then high five them. And if the high five is electric, you should be best friends." <laughs> Uh, I'm going to take y'all's advice. You know, I'm thankful you guys are here to make me less of an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I get you. There's been some times, especially if I think I've got a clever t-shirt that no one's ever seen before. But that reminds me, that's something I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for the best type of person in the world. And that's the person who, if you're telling a joke to them and they've heard it before, act like they haven't and let you finish the joke and let you do the punchline. Those are the best people in the world. I, uh, I've been guilty of stepping on people's yeah. jokes before, and I learned that just like correcting people, no one likes it. Nobody likes it. And it's and not so like, oh, you're cool. You know my joke, too. That, that moment doesn't happen in jokes. Yeah. That's not a t-shirt moment. No. What you get is if you get to tell <laughs> this story, and then they conclude it, and even later you find out that they knew it, you're like, what sweethearts? <laughs> like, those are my favorite people in the world. So I am grateful for the people that will let, hear my tuna fish piano glue joke over and over and act like they've never heard it before what about people that listen to your stories over and over and, and wait until the end to know that <laughs> to it's say, been told totally oh, by the way <laughs> yeah we heard that <laughs> it was like watching a play a second time i tell my friends to stop me because in my old age sometimes i don't remember which friend i've told which story to it gets harder and harder no that's my trouble especially as you get to know friends better and better You're like i feel like i've told you all my good stories at this point but then there's that story i start telling like I haven't heard that, and I feel guilty, so I start telling all my stories over again from the start. Like, I'm going to tell you all my good ones just to make sure I haven't missed one. And they're like, well, we've heard most of them. But some of my audiences will gladly. I'll never I'll forget. i listen to the same story. Sterling and, and Rebecca, I'm at their house, and I'm telling the story about Salt Lake Comic Con, my favorite convention story ever. I'm telling it, and it's a good 20-minute story. Like, this is not a short story. And I finished it, and they're like, Ah, it's even better the second time. I'm like, what do you mean? What do you mean second time? You just, what? And those are those are the best friends. Yeah, absolutely. They, they That's what up- I'm saying. So I'm grateful for those friends. Best people in the world. Completely agree. You're you're up. Not that we're going in order here, but Yeah. Um so I guess I'll bring it back to a little bit um more sweet um i'm really thankful for my charity we've Mm. we've done some really really incredible things this year um it's it's at the point now where we've got this wonderful momentum under our belts and it's really starting to grow um next weekend i'm super excited because we're doing a um a photographer friend of mine is doing like family holiday card sessions and uh and you'll get your picture taken with santa and also with captain america and all the money goes <laughs> to cat for kids so i thought that be, was a brilliant idea so good. real quick will you plug that so people know where to go if yeah. you already sold out though aren't you no we're not we still have okay. a couple slots left so yeah zara ashby photography um you can go to her page sign up directly through her website and, and you're going to be Black Widow. Mm-hmm. Sterling will be we'll Cap. Be Cap. Um, Santa's there as well, I believe. And yeah, it's uh, it's Saturday the 25th. 
Okay, that's no, that's great. And uh, thank all of you that uh, mm. I put out Cat for Kids on my birthday. And not only did I get to answer some questions about Cat for Kids, which I was super excited because <laughs> I know this stuff. I yes. know, like Rebecca and certainly would have no problem with me saying exactly <laughs> what they do. But you guys did help me, uh, did help me donate and reach my goal on my birthday. And all that money did go to uh, to Cat for Kids. So thank you so much. I would not put Cat for Kids out there if it wasn't something I believed in completely. And uh, I'm, I'm we're thankful for your charity too because, and I'm sure the people you help are very thankful for your charity. Yeah. Yeah. We can't have a, a Thanksgiving episode without no, talking about Catherine kids. Yeah, absolutely right? not. EA listened to their fans. That's something uh, to be thankful for. Exactly. I'm thankful to the fans who stood together and banded in. I'm still that cautious optimistic. Cause I really feel that Disney was behind a lot of this. One hundred million percent. Disney went to EA mm-hmm. and I'm just imagining this, but yeah. it said, look, you want Blizzard to take the Star Wars license? That's exactly right. <laughs> you better you better shape up. If not, you're not going to have this cash. Ca- Disney's very protective of Star Wars, as mm-hmm. they should be. As they dang well should be. And the fact that, you know, we were all complaining Thursday night about microtransactions. Friday morning, they are gone. Mm-hmm. And right. they said they're reworking it. That's so my I don't concern. Know- that's, my, that's my cautious optimism. The word temporary was in their release. What I love, I'm sorry. We didn't get this right. These were all good words. But then I saw that temporarily disabled. And I was like, temporary permanently, please. Because like, I get I get the microtransactions, but Blizzard does it well. Mm-hmm. Cosmetic do. stuff, fine. Doesn't make anybody better or worse. But to literally be at a disadvantage throughout a game that's already frustrating for some people due to the competitiveness. If I'm playing Battlefront 2 and I'm getting murdered, I won't go... Well, I just need to get better. I'm going to spend the entire time. Going, well, that a hole probably has spent two hundred dollars, and he's, I'm never going to beat him. And you can see what they've got yeah. too, and it's random. Yeah. So you can't be like, oh, I want to be the assault class, and right. I'm going to buy stuff to upgrade the assault class. You might play for six hours and not get anything yeah. for the assault That's class. That's nuts. That's nuts. And that system still is in place. Yeah. Uh, have you played it yet? I've I, I've not I've I've gotten to play it briefly. My brother has it. He went with a pre order. I, I got it pre-ordered, too, and the campaign is very short. It feels like they were just like, oh, you want a campaign? Here's, here's your fucking they did campaign. They the same thing like, in Battlefield 1, I feel. It was very much non-repeatable, short, just to, to appease the one-player fans. That And they took out um, – they used to let you play the missions in the first game co-op online. Mm-hmm. So you and I could team up. Mm-hmm. We could play together. We could get the stars, unlock stuff. It's only couch co-op now. What the – fuck are you thinking that's silly i like i like that couch co-op is an option but there's no reason to remove one of those two things Why that's, take that's out big, because the, having two brothers and usually playing in person that's nice to have the couch co-op option but never remove it. it literally there's no reason to remove something you had in a previous game that's just basic at this day and age my yeah. buddy and i played through like 20 hours of it on the previous game mm. And we went to power it up on Friday night. I had a beer. I had some nachos. I was like, oh, my God, we're going to get back into yes. this. And he's like, it's not here, dude. I was like, what do you mean it's not here? Like, hang on. You obviously are doing You're something missing. wrong here. <laughs> yeah. And so I get in there, and I'm like, no, it's they took it out. Like, why would you remove something? I think that a lot of people got enjoyment mm-hmm. out of – I I don't have a lot of people to play couch co-op right. with, so right. I play online this with my bros. This is how you do it. Yeah. yeah. No, I get it. And that's the thing, and that's where my world's going because my bros are moving across the country. So, no, I get it. Um, and that's the thing. That's why I'm grateful to the fans. I'm grateful for their workmanship. I'm grateful for the Redditors that made the EA explanation the most downvoted thing of all time. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm grateful for. I, I, I can't find it in me to be grateful for EA yet. No, no. And that's going to be a long, yeah. hard road for me, too. But I am I am glad that they did listen to their fans. Yes. I'm thankful for Disney. Oh, yeah. And obviously... And I'm going to go back to thankful after this, but Ryan Johnson must have done such a good job on The Last Jedi. Hey, here's three movies. Have yeah. fun, bud. I-, I wish he was coming back for That's nothing against I JJ. Think. No, but if it's working, don't change horses don't midstream. Don't change it at all. And that's exactly what they've done, and that makes me nervous because, again, the the we're seeing with Marvel, when you have some consistency in a franchise, uh, with James Gunn, with the Rousseau brothers, you get to see thematic things culminate and if you're pulling directors in and out we've seen how they're really shaping the stories they're really shaping the tones of the movie and so if it's that hot cold abrams then rianne gives us something that's amazing but different and then it's back to abrams it's gonna be weird were you forced to watch the trailer before justice league or did you close your eyes because you last time i talked to you you had not seen it yet it didn't play 
Oh, so, and you still haven't seen it. I still it. have not seen the trailer. Good for you, yeah. Rebecca. Cape it up. We're so proud. <laughs> no, seriously, good yeah. good for you because there's a lot of uh, – I'm not going to get into it now. There's a lot of stuff that happens in the trailer where you're like, well, wait a minute. What are they doing with that over there? Like, Yeah. Yeah, what I want to do is I want to, after I see it, go back and watch the trailer and be like, well, that was kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's interesting. I went back and watched the Justice League trailers. I've ever seen Justice League. And it was like, oh, what, what movie yet. was okay. this advertising? <laughs> well, the Alfred scene is the one that really sticks out to me. But today I watched a breakdown online, and there's a lot of mm-hmm. trailer moments from Justice League that did not make that final movie and you saw that Whedon didn't even get a directing credit he no. got a no. co-writing credit yep which but I thought was also a classy move by him because he could exactly. have fought that yeah he absolutely and rightfully probably should not should have but could have fought it he would have been in his rights to fight for that co-directing credit or a, some sort of credit but I, it was very classy that he didn't I think they're gonna let him make the Batgirl movie that he wants to make mm-hmm. and that's gonna be enough for him and I think <laughs> that will end up being a very good film yeah yeah well, it's just nice, again, like you're saying, uh, I've been saying for years, why not just go back to the animated movies and Justice League Unlimited? Tap what writers are still around and working and have them in on the DCEU. We'll have a better world. And this took steps. Justice League took steps back to that. I still don't get why they don't do that. I don't know. And I think Kevin Smith, Kevin Smith was the first one I heard say it when they wanted him to write Superman, the Tim mm-hmm. Burton Superman he was like, why don't you go get some DC Comics writers that live and breathe this shit every day and get them to write the screenplay? I still don't think, like, Brian Michael Bendis hasn't written a comic book movie. Like, mm-hmm. I, you don't... At the end of Justice League, though, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but there was a long list of comic book writers, and mm-hmm. I joked to Doug, half-joked to Doug, oh, that's all the writers they stole all these story <laughs> beats from. And it, it was... Uh, even Jack Kirby. Yes, name got a was big mentioned nomination. Yep. At the, end of the, at the end of the movie. So, yeah, why don't they take... You can't tell me that the comic book story doesn't translate to film. You're no. writing shots. Yes. Yeah. And I've we're not... And, again, that. And, and I don't feel that just as... Again, I'm now wrapping back to our start. We need to be back to being thankful. <laughs> yeah, right. No. But, uh, but no, that, like to me, Justice League didn't tell a story that like it was issue one of a comic book. There was nothing like so elaborate and mind blowing that you just got so cerebral and you understood why comic book writers couldn't be troubled with this deep. It wasn't there, but anyway, I'm grateful for something else. Nerdy (laughs) Nintendo as a gaming company, continuing to make the big gambles. Cause to me, I feel that I I have my PlayStation Four. I played a lot, but to me, PlayStation four is my friend that calls me and goes, you want to go out and go, go kart racing but it's always go-kart racing and it's always high octane and it's always pretty fun, but it's always go-kart racing every time we go out with PS4. But Nintendo calls me and is like, I just found some puppies and we're going to go down to the park and maybe some ice cream. We don't know. This could be fun. And then I go out and it's always a good time. And every once in a while, there's that one time we're like, yeah, okay, we probably shouldn't have gone puddle jumping because it was not great. There was just puddles. But that's very rare. And I like the spontaneity and we're seeing that a lot with Nintendo continuing to just go, what's fun? Not what is tried and true. And they're continuing to be trailblazers in the gaming community to me in a lot of ways. You guys play at Odyssey yet? Mm-hmm. So good. I've only uh I've only watched I have not played yet because I'm waiting for my own switch. In my own experience. So I watched Doug play for about an hour last night, and I've seen Tyler play for about mm-hmm. an hour, mm-hmm. just so I can review the game, of course. Now, before I do my top 10 this year, which we'll get to in a second, I will play most of the game, I would right. say. Mm-hmm. But Doug, Tyler, Zach, and one other guy we know that have played it, all were talking last night, and they've all found different crap, yes. which tells me that that game is massive. massive. Just like Breath of the Wild, where yes. I talk with people about how we played Breath of the Wild, and my brother would be like, yeah, so I solved it this way. I'm like, wait, you can do that? I did it this way. And he's like, wait, you can do that? <laughs> and that conversation happens all the time. And to bring that depth into the world of Mario, genius. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to, to sitting down with the game. Um, I'm thankful for Nintendo, too, man. Mm-hmm. I Just like you... We were raised on mm-hmm. Nintendo, and it's a company that I always root for, even though I've joked in the past, they have four good games a year. Right. <laughs> they really do, and they're all great. Right. And two Nintendo titles will certainly make my top five this year, I would guess. It's the mm-hmm. hardest top. Oh, man, it's a rough year And I'm year thankful for that, for that because <laughs> it is it is the hardest year. Have you guys played uh, Fractured But Whole yet? Yes. I 
thought it was phenomenal. Did you not like it? No, I love it. That okay. was not. That was not disappointed. That was me going. I, that any any dis- negativity was the frustration that Matt Stone and Trey Parker find uh, Magnus Opum success in everything they touch. How far Broadway are you? musicals? I am fifteen hours in. Have you? Um, God, I don't want to spoil yeah, it for you. I won't don't, say anything. Yeah, don't risk when it. You, when you finish it, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll talk. talk about it. There's Great. a certain boss battle that I paused the game, <laughs> and I went downstairs, and I got Tyler, and I was like, dude, you will not fucking believe what they are getting away with here. And he's like, how bad can it be? And I unpaused it, and I showed him the boss's power, and he was like, you've got to be fucking oh kidding God. me, dude. And I was like, no, and only they can get away, can with, get away with it. And they've done it on Broadway. They've done it on cable television. And now they're doing it in gaming, and they just keep doing it. So that any any like, why did you like it? I'm like, no, I'm just blown away that they can keep getting away with this. I I am too, and I think Trey's. I can't remember what they call the club, but he's one of the only people that has an Emmy, an Oscar, a Tony, mm-hmm. and what's the other? A Grammy. A Grammy. He has award. all four. Yep. And the game is the game is great. Uh, yeah. What a what a good problem to have this year, though. Not only did we get. Finally, Nintendo launched a console with the Zelda yes. game, which oh they've never God. done before. But then I'm I'm thinking Mario is even better based I, on what I, I've seen. I agree. Like like what I liked about Breath of the Wild was it was again refreshing and innovative and a world you can just explore. You didn't even have to be like I'm all about exploratory worlds. But what Mario did was take what they learned from Breath of the Wild and improve upon it. And I feel yeah. like that's what Nintendo does is they've got a lot of offshoots because they gamble a lot, but they are better than any gaming company at taking what they've done well and improving where I feel PlayStation and Xbox won't experiment until they've seen someone else do it well Mm -hmm. and try and parody it. We didn't see motion controls from them until Nintendo did it well. We didn't see a lot of game styles until Nintendo did it well. And I guarantee the next PlayStation five is going to be portable because Nintendo's done it well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They have to really, I like the portable aspect of it. I think Sony's going VR yeah, that's true. Don't know what the hell Microsoft is doing. Yeah, I, I don't know if anybody does. <laughs> Microsoft doesn't know what the hell Microsoft is doing. So. I know I get an ad every every week for a new controller that they want me to spend $80 on. And I'm like, I've already got your $150 Pro controller. Why do I want one that's pink with Hello Kitty on it? Like, <laughs> They're really into the custom, customization thing. Who knows what we see? I'm really glad, though, that we're starting to see a lot of third-party support on the Switch. Yes. You can play Doom on the Switch. I just got Skyrim. Oh, I'm the happiest oh, oh. girl in the world. Dovahkiin. Dovahkiin. So good. And you've played through Skyrim on seven oh. different consoles, probably. Um, <laughs> no? Do we want to count them? <laughs> I'd say my brothers and I counted our hours on Skyrim over different consoles and computers, and we're over 1,600 hours between the three of us. Yeah. I've, I played on... PC, I've played on PlayStation 3, 360, PS4, and now the Switch. Okay, so five. So yeah. seven wasn't too much of an exaggeration. No, no if I had played it on... <laughs> How's it look? Um, Gorgeous. Okay, good. Yeah. Doom looked good. Toma brought over Doom and showed me on the, the little screen. I've got my Switch. I can show you after. <laughs> I'd love to see it, yeah. actually. Um, can't you just put your Switch in, in the dock? And put it up In on Tyler's the- dock? Yeah, yeah. okay. Um, I'd love to see it, though, and I'm really glad. That's one thing that's always been missing from Nintendo Mm -hmm. is that wonderful third-party support. I can't believe the new Call of Duty didn't come out on the Switch. That's a huge missed opportunity for them. And and again, I feel it's missed for Call of Duty um, because we're seeing that. Like Nintendo had this reputation for a while of being, since they gambled, it was like, you never know. But Nintendo's never really lost money. Its biggest flop, quote-unquote, is probably the GameCube, and that was still a they did fine. Yeah. And we had this post GameCube fear that took a long time for these third party developers to get over, but it was one of those chicken for the eggs. Nintendo was like, we'll sell more consoles with more third party stuff. And third parties were going, we won't help you until you sell more consoles. And finally Nintendo was like, fine, we'll start selling so many consoles. You can't resist us. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad you're thankful for yeah, man. Nintendo. I'm thankful for Nintendo too, that we got a, we got a Mario game. We got a Zelda game. I don't know what's coming in the future, from Nintendo, but I think it's uh, I think it's all going to be good. Yeah, being able to play Skyrim on an airplane, how fucking awesome is that? Or anything that you that you want and like that. So you and I had talked about this um, when we were first talking about the Switch. The motion controls are excellent uh, because you can actually like swing to attack. And I know we had talked a little bit about like, well, it depends on. You, when you played the Wii, you could get tired really easily because all of your motions had to be really big. But the motion sensors and the and the little Joy-Cons are so sensitive, you barely have to do anything. And it's really nice and really seamless. The only thing that I haven't gotten down is you can lockpick with the Ooh. motion controls, and I'm not good at it. 
that's, I, that's immersive though, and yeah, I, I like yeah. that. I'm all about the Joy-Con sensitivity and feeling like uh, the one-two switch games, where you can feel like how many ice cubes or dice are in the Joy-Con, quote unquote. My thing is not even airplane Skyrim. I want to go in the middle of a forest and play Skyrim. You that's would. what I want to do. <laughs> that sounds surround awesome. myself in trees and wander the forests of Skyrim. Because you don't have to be online on the Switch, correct? No. Unlike the other two exactly consoles right. where you do. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm getting a Switch very soon, and, and Mario is the first thing I'm, I'm going to... I'm thankful you're getting a Switch. I am. <laughs> but you can thank my, my generous sister who Wonderful. Uh, is getting me a Switch for Christmas. So that's... Uh, I'm thankful for you, Heather. Thank you for <laughs> always supporting my, uh, my gaming habits and <laughs> having two Switches. And instead of sending one back and getting her money back, you know what? I'll just brighten Eric's day a little bit and, and give him one of these. So that's the best. Heather will never hear this. So and, and uh, I, I'd never tell her to her face because that's just how Heather is. But, um, yeah, th- thankful that I'm that I'm getting a switch. Are you next, Rebecca? I I think I might be. I'm thankful. We're kind of going out yeah, of order here. Yeah, so whatever. It's all good. Um, I'm thankful for Cards Against Humanity this year. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I love what they're doing with their holiday thing. Did you see all of that? No, um, tell me about this. So, Cards Against Humanity um, bought a parcel of land on the border and hired one of the best eminent domain law firms in the country so that Donald Trump cannot build his wall. That's very interesting. <laughs> I actually saw a report tonight, and we're definitely not going into this, that no. Democrats are already filing for impeachment on seven oh, different Oh, yeah. yeah. We're, we're not talking really about interesting that. Really interesting there. Uh, I just saw that today. Yeah, no, um, it's, things are happening. But yeah, the thing is, we're at the point where gaming companies are now- Everyone's getting involved. Getting involved. Um, yeah, so Cards Against Humanity is doing this thing. It's only $15, but you get six surprises during the month of December. Um, you don't know what most of them are going to be. You don't know what day it's going to show up. It's just surprises. Um, but the first one that they send you, um, because this was being done to help fund their trying to stop the wall, is they actually send you a, a map and a certificate of this land that they own. So as soon as I saw that, I was like... I, I will gladly throw all of my money at you, um, but I'll have I'll have you after this read their frequently asked questions. Oh, can I? I memorized two of them. Can I say them? Of course. Sure. So yeah, some one of my favorites was, uh, oh, so Cards Against Humanity is being politically correct now, and their answer was, no, we're just being regular correct. <laughs> Loved it. And they're like, I th- and another question was, I thought you weren't doing a big hol- holiday special this year. And they went, we're liars, just like our president. <laughs> they're not pulling punches. No. Wow. It's wonderful. And um, you can only purchase it, I think, in, in the US and Canada. Mm-hmm. And one of the questions was, um, so why can't I purchase this from X country? And and they said, well, it's because it's called Cards Against Humanity Saves America, not Cards Against Humanity Saves Your Dumb Country. <laughs> <laughs> So they, they, they're. I'm very thankful for them this year. They're doing a great job. <laughs> I'm glad that. Um, I'm glad that they're doing that. I. God, you know. I guess I'll say this and then be done with it. If anyone at this point thinks Donald Trump is a good president, I'm. I really feel sorry for mm-hmm. you. Oh, and yeah. I know there's Bitface listeners that do, and I avoid. I did some political stuff on the Bitface Twitter yeah. for a little bit. Not anything like what you do, Carl. <laughs> now I just now I just read your stuff and pretend I posted it. Uh, and I appreciate the support because boy, yeah, you can. I I, I, I like matches. No, so, I, I follow you pretty heavily. Thank but you, friend. I got a lot of crap from like and. I'm not going to argue whether science is real. As soon as that comes into the equation, I'm like, you know what? We're, we're kind of done here. Yeah. But like I, I, I believe what I can prove. Yeah. And I believe what I think is right as a person. And I, you know, have I done evil, stupid stuff? Yeah, of course. I think we all have. But at the end of the day, I just – like the whole thing going on today with Trump, like I should have let those guys rot in jail. Like really? You're the president That's of the United States, man. Yeah, well, that's the thing. That's why I tell people. People are like, you're so political right now. I'm like, I still don't feel political. I feel – Political is talking about whether or not we need to put 2% more into education. That's a political conversation, and I'll do that too. Don't get me wrong. But to me now, it's talking about, well, are transgendered people humans? That's not a political conversation, and that never should be. And that's what I feel like. You're like, wow, you get political. I'm like, no, I'm saying that refugees deserve to live. That's not a political statement. That's Or everybody has a right to decent, affordable health care. Exactly right, or health care. That's the thing. These are are human issues. These are moral issues. And when people throw the political term around, I'm like, it's it's unfortunately in the political sphere now, but this should have been something that I feel we collectively as human beings 
understand. Right. Or things like, are Nazis bad? That right. shouldn't be political, but that is now. <laughs> that is one of the hardest things for me. And I joked about this on Facebook, but so do those kids grow up hating Indiana Jones? Are they like, Bellic? That's, <laughs> like, well, that's the thing. They're like, man, I hate that Indiana Jones trilogy because the good guys never win. <laughs> Three movies in a row. They don't give him even one victory. Yeah, all Indy has to do is close his eyes and the dumb Nazis just leave their eyes open <laughs> and, and melt to death. They, they always portray us so poorly. Well, that's the thing. And that's why I will be saying uh, I'm grateful for uh, uh, Wolf, uh, Wolfenstein yeah. and their whole advertising campaign where they were like, we shouldn't live in a, in a country where the headline gaming company defends its anti-Nazi stance is a headline. Yeah. That shouldn't be a headline. But it was, and they didn't shirk, and they embraced it. And they didn't just embrace it, they doubled down. They went, yeah. oh, you're pushing back? Guess what this game's about, everybody? The game's great, too. Yes, it is. And you get to... Uh, have you been able to finish it? I'm not not there yet. I've not had time. It took... Uh, like stranger, Finishing Stranger Things was my priority, so that took like all my free windows. It took him forever. I, was, I drove I was, everyone nuts. I was going crazy. <laughs> I, I did it in three days. See, that's the thing. Everyone does that. And I'm like, I'm old-fashioned. I like to stew a little bit, watch an episode, think, predict. I'm old-fashioned that I way. do, too. And I'm doing that with my new favorite show, which we'll talk about in a Great. little bit. But, um, yeah, Stranger Things Season 2, again, unpopular opinion. I like it better than one. I, you know, I don't think that's an unpopular opinion, actually. I've heard that from the majority of my friends. So. Just because of, as soon as Bob said, what are you looking for, pirate treasure? I lost my shit. Yes. I was like, oh my God, that's Mikey. Yes. <laughs> yes. No, Bob, that's the thing. The characters in this were a lot better. It, uh, we didn't have to worry about exposition. It wasn't introductions. We got to get rolling. The only thing that it fell short of compared to season one is that season one was a mystery th- thriller. I don't feel season two ever was a mystery. There was mysterious things happening, but we didn't watch anyone try and solve them. It was very much like we trust that there's people kind of around that we think, no, we won't investigate because it's all kind of known unknowns. And so that was my one flaw with it as a season, but it's still, I, I liked it more than season one, I'd say. Bob was uh, Bob uh, was the best I'm going to start crying if we say Bob's name too many times. <laughs> I And when he died, I was real sad, but the super sad part was... When um, I can't remember which kid it was, but it says you know that Bob Mike. started the AV club. You Grab know that he's the reason that we that oh. we're all together as friends. And yeah, I was I, I'm tearing. I'm thinking about it right I now. Am too. It's like, uh. oh my god! Like Bob was there, was their mentor, and the whole scene with Winona Ryder when she's trying to flush or uh, you know flush him away, basically. Yeah. Then looks at the puzzles and she's like, oh no, I I need Bob. Yes, Bob is gonna is gonna help us figure all this uh, this stuff out. My biggest problem with the show was you can't put six characters into Dig Dug. There's only three initials allowed. So how did she get Mad Max in there? I, I was out, too, at that point. I was okay. like, this this movie... I knew I wasn't the only this, one. This series has no believability. <laughs> the science is wrong. That was the one moment where I went, I don't think this is real life. Until then, I believed that all of it was possible. And, Bex, I have to tell you this, and then we'll get off Stranger Things, but I have almost convinced Doug to cosplay as Billy. Because oh. when I first saw, not that Doug is anything like Billy no, as a person, but, but when I first saw Billy get out of the car, I was like, Doug can play him. We I need to get it. Doug a bad wig. Yeah. And he can spray some cologne on his dick. And <laughs> oh. oh, God. Billy, I, Billy was perfect, though, because he made you love Steve. They were like, oh, you think Steve was bad and Steve was a bully? Oh, just wait till we show you Billy. Yeah, he was a great foil for Bill, or for Steve. Um, I will say I don't want Doug to cosplay Billy until he cosplays anyone else first. Like, we'll so finish, that, that's not we'll the finish, mental character yeah, connection. Yeah, we'll finish his Ross, okay. like whatever we got to do, but I don't yeah. want that to be his first cosplay because I'll never be able to look at him the same way again. <laughs> don't you think that fits, though? And Doug I was like, it, yeah. he's like, why do you hate me so much? And I was like, dude, Good question. I don't that is a legitimate you. question. <laughs> I've had that in cosplay. There's been this, like, I, it happened recently. I, I, I collaborated with the amazing Ginny D on a music video that's going to be released soon, so keep an eye out on her page. But she was like, would you be Claude Frollo from Hunchback? I'm and, not familiar with Hunchback. It's all right. He, basically, this is the old rapey priest of <laughs> France. And I was like, well, there's been a Gaston and a Hades, and I got that. And so I went to that same thing, Philip. It was like, do I look like that to you? Is that my personality? She's like, no, 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 no. It's just you're great. You're an actor. You're an actor. You can become these things. 
So I, but I've been there. I, I've been, I've had, I've asked that of people who recommend cosplays. Doug was fine with it as soon as I told him. I was like, Dacre Montgomery is a good looking dude. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, you could pull that off. See, though. that's the thing. No, and, and people say that, and when I sell, tell the story, they're like, "Yeah, no, that makes sense." I'm like, "Thanks." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but been on this planet for 41 years. I am so thankful, even though shit at work right now is real busy, that I am not working retail this oh, holiday season. My God, boy. yes. Are you sure? Are you sure you don't want to be back at GameStop? For the holidays? <laughs> as long as my days are now, and like I worked for like, I think 11 hours on Friday just because I got stuck in the middle of helping somebody out. As long as those days are now, as soon as in my head I start bitching, I think, dude, remember when you used to have to get up at nine o'clock at night to go in and work on Black Friday for basically 20 straight hours for a bunch of ungrateful fucks? Like, mm-hmm. do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Do you remember the looping video that plays every 15 fucking minutes? I'm so thankful. Today I heard my first Christmas music. Doug and I went out to get breakfast today. I was thankful for that. I was like, oh my God, thank God I made it almost to Thanksgiving and I haven't heard a Christmas song yet because I hate Christmas music. I hate it. Uh, So yeah, I'm thankful that I'm – as much as I'm going to be working and I will be working on Black Friday, but I'm not working at GameStop on Black Friday or not Mm -hmm. doing anything retail-related – I'm, I'm thankful for that. I'll actually be helping people this Black Friday at, at, at my job. So I don't know. if you ever worked retail? Oh, I sure have. Okay. I no, figured, no, I figured we yeah, all had. I, would say, I think everyone has at some point and then stops as soon as they can and uses that as the, as the reference back. Because, yeah, you talk about why people are miserable during the holiday season. And 90% of people say, because I work retail. Yeah. And the holiday season shouldn't be about misery. It should be the opposites. But absolutely, like because like, I don't hate Christmas music despite my time in retail because I am a fruitcake that loves the the messages of the holidays and so i'm all like when those songs come on i see the best of mankind and everyone's like no i see that time i got yelled at and had a bra thrown in my face by someone trying to get a refund and that's the difference so so i get that so i've been there very grateful to not be there <laughs> good well i'm glad that you guys aren't going to be there at, at all that's uh that's wonderful to hear because it is miserable it, it is miserable yeah you do have some bright moments, and but all of those were from my staff. Yes. Right, yes. Exactly. Not from... No, fighting the world, exactly. It was, it was moments where you felt like it was the fellowship against orcs. Yes. You never did the orcs be like, hey, well, at least the orcs were kind of decent today. That never happened. <laughs> it was always, no, but Boromir held that bridge. He did great. Thanks, Boromir. I get you. All right, well, we're getting close to time, guys. You guys want to do one more piece? I don't want to cut anybody off, and I, I know you've I know you've thought of at least ten. Oh, probably sure. more. No, we'll, no, you're we'll like no four. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I guess my last one should be, and I don't even know if he'll listen to this, but I'm so thankful for my husband. Mm. Um, we we got married in June, so we're we're at like what five and a half months now, and um. And just he's been so incredibly supportive of everything that I wanted to do and such an inspiration, not just to me, but to so many people. Um, and I really, I, I couldn't imagine life without him. So I'm very thankful for Sterling. That's, I, I don't know how we're supposed to follow that. Oh, let me, let me try. No, I'm thankful for the wealth of love in my life. Uh, for the first time in my life, I feel that everyone in my life is, it's not that, it's not hard I am surrounded by love constantly. I have two amazing parents that love each other and that still support our family. I've got two amazing brothers that love me that we went and saw Justice League together. We're all in our mid to late 20s and we're still getting together to see movie premieres. I'm grateful for my friends. I'm grateful for the two people in this room. I'm grateful that you're here and our growing friendship. I'm grateful for everything you have given me, Rebecca, uh, in the community and as a friend and all the times that you just listen to me when I need help. And that's so many friends in my life. That's Sterling. That's the cosplay community that I have, all of my friends, there's no one that I sit down with right now in my life that I get to choose to be with and I don't just absolutely adore them and feel adoration back. So everyone that is still following me on Facebook, everyone that meets me for lunch, everyone that wants to meet me that I haven't seen yet, I love you and I am grateful for your love more than anything. My wealth is love and I'm grateful for that. Man, I have two jokey ones left. (laughs) No, that's good. That's That's a bit face way and on a joke. Um, if you guys haven't watched it yet, there's a new show on Hulu called Future Man. And after the first 10 minutes, I texted Doug and said, best show of the year. And he said, Ooh. really? 
He said, over Legion, over Gifted, over all this other stuff that you love. And I said, Doug, it's like they followed me around for a year and said, you know what? We're going to make a show that this dude is going to love. (laughs) And Rebecca, it is so back to the future to the point they even, when something happens, and I'm not going to get into spoilers because I want you guys both to watch this, you get the music cue that... Oh man. When some when he switches something, it's basically uh, I'll show you guys the trailer if, okay. if we yeah. have that before you guys leave tonight. But so Doug watched the first two episodes. I turned Tyler onto this too. I'm only five in. They have both finished it. Wow. And Doug said the same thing. He said, Dude, they wrote this show for you. They yeah. wrote this show for you, man. This this is your style of humor. It's about a gamer. It's about time travel. It couldn't be more perfect. So mm. I'm thankful that I got uh, I got some future man. Also, and I know neither one of you care about this. UGA is playing in the SEC championship. Yeah, <laughs> and I am thankful that even though my team might get beat, it's good to see a good football season where my my team gets to go and and, and play for the SEC championship. And I know you guys don't give a but, shit. But no, but thankful we're for happy. Your happiness. Yeah, yeah, we're happy that you're happy. That's what's important. I'm I'm totally uh, I'm totally stoked. I you know I mean I'm not just a Georgia fan. And I'm going to distinguish that by saying, and Becca, you probably know this, 95% of people that wear Georgia shirts, are they've never attended a class or even walked on the campus of that school. That's my alumni. Yeah. That's where I have a degree from. I am I am from the University of Georgia. That is my school. And Athens is still one of my favorite towns in the entire, uh, entire planet, in fact. So, yeah, it's good to see my school, even though... Our chances probably aren't great in the SEC championship. We are going to get to play, get play. in it. And uh, I'm thankful for that. And I'm thankful you showed up on, on such short notice to to record with me. Because the first thing I thought when I started feeling better was, oh, my God, we haven't taped in forever. We took a month off of BitFace yeah. because of uh, different reasons. Tyler switched jobs. I'm busier than I've ever been this time of year. In fact, we've turned down three cons because I was like, nope, I'm not going to overextend myself. We, we were getting harassed last Friday. Like, you guys aren't coming? Well, there's another podcast that wants your slot. And Tyler said, well, then tell them to take it. Right. And then they called back again. And they're like, are you guys sure? Like, and Tyler's like, well, what happened to this other podcast that wanted our slot? Well, you know, no. You, so you lied to us. Yeah. yeah. Again. And you know who I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. When you say again, that's <laughs> So I'm thankful that we're going to get to record. Well, obviously, we've done recording today, but we're going to get to record one more time, at least I hope, before yes, the end of the absolutely. year. I do want to do BitFaced Christmas. Yes. And Carl, if you want to come over for that, you're welcome to. I will come we actually got Sterling on last year. Yeah. I will be here with literal bells on. <laughs> no, and, and, and last year we kind of did Christmas list. Yeah. I'm going to come up with something different that we can do for Christmas this year. And I, you, you seem to love the holiday. I love the holiday. I am all about the holiday. Like, like I, I will wait till th- the day after Thanksgiving, but day after Thanksgiving, all my Christmas lights, actually Christmas lights are for all year round. But after Thanksgiving, that's when I start dressing up. I have three different Santa suits. I have an elf suit. I'm ready to go for Christmas. <laughs> well, we'll do something cool for, uh, for Christmas before the end of the year. I've got Love one it. more thing I'm thankful for. Please. That's kind of a silly one. So I'm thankful for a show that I watched for the first time this year, Breaking Bad. And the whole reason... Um, I'm thankful for the show itself because it kind of taught me what good writing is. Um, I feel like I learned a lot both about the show itself, about the characters, also about how I take in information, which is kind of an interesting thing to pull from a show. Um, But the whole reason I started watching it was to have an excuse to talk to this guy right here because I wanted to be better friends with him. So I'm very thankful for that because it's allowed me to do that. Don't tell everyone because then everyone's going to start watching Breaking Bad and they're all going to start talking to me and I will answer. You're very good at that though. You're very good because when our friendship started, the first thing I told you to do watch Greg Giraldo. I was like, if you want to know where I am right now, I want you to watch this. And like, 45 minutes later. That was really funny. I was like, okay, so she's not bullshitting me. No. It's not going to be like me with Ready Player One. I did read it, though. (laughs) You did. Took you a little while. but It it does. But if you tell me to watch something, it would get done quicker than me sitting down like, okay, I have to concentrate and get this book done. Understandable. But yeah, I mean, you know, when I want to get to know someone, that's that's always the thing is what what do I know that they love that I can love, too? You still have to watch Basketball. Have you seen Basketball? Mm -mm. Yeah. It's it's That's- Trey and Matt, and it's the director of Naked Gun. Okay, and uh, well, and Airplane. I'm sold. It's very raunchy. Sold. Uh, <laughs> but it's 
I, I can't believe we haven't talked about it because Tyler and I talked about it the other day and I was like, I wonder if, and I think I messaged you, I yeah. wonder if Rebecca has seen this. No. You would love it. And if, and you would love, if you're a South Park fan. I'm a mega South Park fan. It's right at the beginning of South Park, in fact. Uh, Trey even does Cartman's voice at one point in the movie. So it's very, I think it was like within the first, I think it only got released because South Park hip, took off. Hip, yeah. And they were like, okay, let's let us let them have their stupid little movie. And there's a lot of sports jokes in it because, it, I mean, it's basketball. Yeah, that's fine. But you definitely need to uh, need to check it out. Cool. Uh, it's high on my list. You guys both Breaking Bad fans then? Uh, it's the I greatest show in the history of television. So I don't know what I don't you know call if I'll go, go that but, far, but I really liked it. And it's something that I real I will rewatch at some point. It's worth rewatching, but it's just it showed us the power of a show that knows where it ends. And we there's just never been a show since that did that. That went from start, we know where this ends, we have a complete story. We'll fill in some gaps and have some surprises even for us in between. But we see so many shows like even Lost. Lost starts great, but then we have this drawn out period where the writers had no idea when or how they got to end it. Lots of shows go through that. Breaking Bad did not. The uh, best scene in Breaking Bad is when he opens up the trunk and you see the machine gun and the garage door <laughs> opener. And in my head right there, I was like, I know what the fuck he's about to do. He's going to rig some science thing mm-hmm. and save Jesse's life. And yeah, God, so well done. Best scene to me is Walt on the phone talking to Skylar after everything's falling apart in Osmandius, which is to me the greatest episode in TV history, single episode. And when he's... That's second to last, right? Uh, two before last. Two before last, so, yeah. okay. Uh, so before his trip out, and uh, him talking to Skylar and breaking down, sobbing visually while maintaining an angry voice to create a backstory for her to escape with is the best acting ever. Like, I've never... I, I'm destroyed thinking about it even now because you watch five seasons of character and energy being put onto screen and voice. Oh, chills. I think that's a good way to good way to end it yeah, today, guys. I we went so. a little over time, but you know what? With with you two here, I, what what really is time? Right. Uh, but I'm I'm glad you guys are here, and I'm glad you guys will be back before the end of the year because now that work is wrapping up, I will be back into full bitface mode. In fact, we talked to James Britt today before you got here mm-hmm. about how we're going to set up these cameras in the BitCave. So awesome. Yeah, and he even told me he said, "Well, that would be great if she loves cosplaying." I said, "Yeah, we're just going to figure out a way where I look okay, and then I'll then I'll do it." <laughs> Uh, and they're not going to be looking at you. They're I gonna... know this. Why do you think during the Sean Patrick fan and things, I'm like, Becca, you're sitting right next to me. Because <laughs> no one will be looking at me if you were sitting with me. And you were like, yeah, I'll do that. I said, yeah, that's fine. thank God, <laughs> because I don't I don't like the camera. So, yeah, we're definitely going to be doing BitFaced a little bit differently. I know I've alluded to that and had some uh, some thoughts about that. But I promise you guys, it's it's going to be as much fun, if not more fun, than we've been having now. And thank you so much. I haven't said this on the mic yet for the break my voice needed it my mind needed it tyler and i needed it and please don't read into that there was no animosity but we both just needed a break from each other yeah for for a month talk to penn and teller about that they've been working together 40 plus years or whatever and they tell you the exact same thing yeah we needed a we needed a break from behind uh behind the mics but tyler and i have taped since then um, actually, there's a great episode with Carl coming up that I have purposely saved because it's not time sensitive. Weird Al oh, that yeah. we did. So oh, yeah. That hasn't yeah. released yet only because I knew if we needed a filler week, we didn't really – there's nothing no. in that episode yeah. that's uh, that's time sensitive. And I think you know what we did, Carl, is we brought Weird Al back on tour because we taped that and the tour the got announced the next day. Yeah. The next day, the very next day. So, yeah. No, I, I haven't know, bought I tickets yet. Have you? Mm-mm, no. I, I do have tickets to the Arizona show. Uh, I'm going to fly down and see that with my sister. But oh, I we need so to get lovely. tickets and all go together. Yeah. And I think Doug wants to join us too. No, that would be great. It's, it's going to be amazing. I, I can't wait. And I think I'm we'll thankful for Weird Al. <laughs> but no, thank you guys both for, for coming down tonight. I know uh, you guys are really busy. To my left, back on the mic. And hopefully we're going to see her a lot more in 2018. Rebecca, a.k.a. Bex, a.k.a. The Sexy Chameleon. To my right... I wasn't kidding when I said it earlier. He is my favorite actor, one of my favorite people to riff with. He's a new friend of mine, and our chemistry will continue to, to grow. But I know you've seen him uh, as Sexy Gandalf in one of his many other cosplays. So please get out there and support Carl Brevik. I'm Eric G. Hollis, and we are thankful. I'm Eric G. Hollis, and I don't know how to run the board. <laughs> <laughs>